Hello and welcome back to Division One Rejects, episode 91. Just finished watching overtime game, Michigan State, Kansas State. Tough watch. Still repping the beanie, though. Still repping the beanie. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really... I just kind of grabbed the first hat. <laughs> but that, that was a good game. That was, one of, that was probably the best game of the tournament so far. I would say so. Even though they let up 98 points, like you said, the yeah. defense was... Yeah. That was tough to watch. Too many backdoors, too many, you know, just... They played well, though. I mean, if you would have told me we went to the Sweet 16 yeah. midway through the year even, I'd be like, no, you're... You're drunk. Exactly. So that was that was good. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more of a positive episode. Episode 91 of D1 Rejects. Tonight is the March 23rd. Tonight's the 23rd. Yep. And uh, no technical guests. I use air quotes. We're going to talk with uh, a guy who most of you know, Jimmy Martin. He's coming on as uh, in a new role for the podcast. We're talking with him here very shortly. And uh, D3 he's, Insider. Yes, the, the cat is out of the bag. Jimmy Martin will be the D3 Insider for Division One Rejects as he has made his move over to UW Stout. Um, so we'll talk to him in a little bit, talk about the direction of how he's going to be involved with the podcast moving forward, and uh, he was pretty excited about that. I'm excited about it, and I think people should be because he's just hilarious. He's an awesome dude. Yeah, so. yeah we got good, we got good uh, conversations with Jimmy on here. We do all the time. There's going to be a lot more to come. So excited about that, excited to talk to Jimmy, but in – Football news, our topics of discussion today, the biggest one, Cade, and I don't even really have it on here. It's more of a recent update, but Fair State, Coach Anise, is suspended for the next playoff game that the Bulldogs play on some weird rulings by the NCAA. We're going to talk about that. The back-to-back defending Division II national champions, their head coach, is suspended, not for the first game of the year, doesn't have a fine or anything like that, but the next time you go to the playoffs you're not allowed to coach for that game. Yeah, that's so weird. So we're going to break that down. It's going to be our first piece uh, on the docket today. And uh, like I said, per usual, if you want to get right to that, use the timestamps bar if you're watching on YouTube. Take that bar, slide towards whatever subject you want to hear, and then get out of here or listen to the whole thing. We appreciate you either way. Otherwise, though, Cade, two college football teams opening 2024 season in Ireland. We're going to talk about those two teams. They're playing in an awesome stadium. I want to look at that um, because I personally did not know they had these types of stadium in Ireland. Different type of football stadium, but it's mm. it is. So I haven't badass. seen it, so I'm interested. Yeah, it is so badass. Um, the Panthers potentially taking Stroud first overall. Obviously, they're taking the pick away from the Bears. There's a video um, with some not so subtle recruiting at Stroud's pro day. That we're going to take a look at here, and then the Arizona president on how they are trying to keep the Pac-12 together or potentially leave the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is in a very interesting place right now as a power five conference like not really respected as a power five but in recent times obviously the move with Dion going over to Colorado and, and buffing up their ranks they also have a new media deal that is pending with TV rights and that's where the real money is made in college football so we're going to check in with the Pac-12 but uh, as always you can watch this episode on YouTube like I said don't forget about those timestamps. otherwise listen pretty much anywhere Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Podcasts we just got on Amazon Podcasts they have a new platform we're on that shit uh, follow us on Twitter, D1 underscore Rejects, and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show. But before we get to all that stuff, let's go to the man himself, our new D3 insider, Jimmy Martin. Joining us tonight, a man who you all should be familiar with, no longer in his seat here across the studio. Actually, there's there's nobody here right now as I, as I go to the other camera. But he's still a big part of this show, taking on a different role that being the D3 insider for D1 Rejects, it's Jimmy Martin. What's going on, fella? It is it is great to be back in this. I mean, I was about to say back in the studio, yeah. but I'm not in the studio. Well, you but, uh, are, remember. Because you're I am. I'm up on the, the screen. screen. Yeah. Up on the screen. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, you're back. But, uh, it's a college it football playoff vest type of night, huh? Is that a shirt yeah, or a yeah. vest? 
Yeah, it is a vest. Actually, my dad went to the game this year. I and, like it. Uh, so, I mean, obviously didn't go to like a great game, but he got some cool <laughs> gear. And he, uh, he got this for me, so that was pretty nice of him. Had to, had to cop some my dad swag. For getting me this vest, yeah. <laughs> I love that, dude. Um, but to kind of touch on the new role, right, D3 Insider, we were trying to figure out ways to, to keep you involved, obviously, because – you're just fun to have on the show, like outright, right? Yeah. You're just passionate about it. And I want to have you here as much as possible. So uh, the plan with Jimmy as it goes right now is to have him on once a week. And I think we do a great job as a podcast of covering a ton of D2 stuff. Our D2 coverage, I think, is, is some of the best for sure. But where we're lacking is that NAIA, that D3 coverage. I think we could use a lot of help in those areas. You making the move from Northern Michigan to playing at UW Stout, um, obviously going to familiarize yourself with that landscape a lot more. I think that's going to be absolutely huge for us um, as far as what more coverage we're going to get, access to more guys at the D3 level, and overall just like better representation, right? Because that's what it's all about, man. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> a lot of people obviously they hear Division Three NAIA, they're like, oh, like these are the guys just just can't play D2 or can't play D1. It's like sometimes there's just situations that you know, get bestowed upon people and they end up playing at a, a lower level, if you will. But um, there's a lot of really, really good players in this, in this league, if you will league, like, I don't know if you would call it that, but um, division. Yeah. yeah that level, a lot yeah. Of, yeah. The level. Yeah. There's a lot of talent in this, uh, this level. So I think it's very good that we're going to start covering it a little bit more. Yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, we've, we've totally ignored it in the past, but obviously it's just way more obvious for us to cover what we know. And that is division two, that is GLIAC, that is Detroit and Michigan sports. So being in the, uh, the Wyack, right? Is it pronounced Wyack or we is Wyack? Yeah. yeah. I think Wyack, I messed that yeah, up when we yeah. had uh when we had Arthur on. Because I was saying yeah. it a certain way and he said it a different way and I realized about halfway through the conversation. I'm like, bro couldn't have he couldn't have corrected me like at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want no. to. He didn't want to. That but, is what it is. Um yeah. no, I'm I'm excited to do that. And so kind of touching on before we get to talking about you a little bit and your new situation, but as far as the D three insider and what you're gonna be doing for us, we have we kind of just put our heads together, did a little brainstorming. It's a very rough outline, but big recent news from D3, big time coaching hires, recent rankings and polls. And we do get those, whether it be preseason or midseason, postseason, whatever that is, all that type of stuff is going to, you're going to be on that for us. Big time performances, big games from players. is something we're going to be looking at. Uh, this podcast is going to be running during the fall football season this coming year. So highlighting those big time performances, maybe having a performance or a matchup of the week that we can highlight at the different levels. Um, some teams that are obviously highly ranked or a highly anticipated rivalry matchup. D3 players playing professionally. That's something we'll talk about here in a little bit. And then uh, also whenever, you know, those big time individual or team records are broken at the D3 level, just you being able to to help me cover all that stuff. Because as much as I try, I you know, I can't, I can't, can't get do to it all. all of it, so you can't do it all. Yeah. I'm yeah. really excited, man. We're going to do some fun stuff too. We're going to do like we had talked about the rankings, um, best uniforms, stadiums, you know, by position, maybe who has the best running back or quarterback room in the league. There's like a ton of different possibilities. Like I'm pumped. This could go any direction, but I'm excited for literally all of them. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that direction is going to go up. I, I love where this podcast <laughs> is going. I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of a biased uh, opinion there, but uh, I'm a big believer in the uh, the growth of Division One rejects. Certainly, oh, yeah, I love yeah. that, dude. Uh, yeah. But to kind of talk about you a little bit more, making the move, Northern has has been your home for for years. You make the decision to head to go down to play at Stout. I mean, just talk about the excitement of a, a fresh start, an opportunity. Obviously, changing positions too, going from the quarterback role to playing on the outside as a wide receiver, just like. A lot of stuff, man. How's it been? Yeah, I mean, 
like a lot, like always, you know, people say like the only constant in life is change. You know what I mean? Obviously I love my time at Northern made unbelievable relationships with people like that I'll cherish forever. You know what I mean? Went there for four years. I graduated. I'll, I'll always cheer for the cats, but believe me when I tell you, I'm very excited for a new experience. And I think this is a very good fit for me. Like it's a great, it's a great school. And that's, that's what I'm prioritizing obviously is my yeah. education, my career, things of that nature. But, um, this program we got going on down here in nominees, uh, it's special. I, I really like, I really like the fact that a lot of guys in our team don't have many egos, which is huge. That's like just the say, fact yeah. that it's very like team, like focused rather than like the individual. You know what I mean? Which is which I really really think is super important. So yeah, that's huge. Now, um, first impressions, moving divisions. Obviously, you guys. Spring ball, the schedule for you guys is is very different. What are some of those things like you talked about, like the padded practices or maybe like things in the summer? Like what are some of the things that you've noticed right off the bat that are different when making that change without obviously being able to, to really practice and be with the guys a ton already down there in Menominee? Yeah, you know, so we started our off-season strength training about almost two months ago now. And uh, it's okay. not too different, not too different. The yeah. running, lifting, you know, your standard like four days a week lifting, two days a week running, you know, things things like that. And then uh, we'll start spring ball here next Thursday, the thirtieth, I believe, and yep. uh, we'll be going at six a.m. in Menominee. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a little chilly out there. Yeah, we know how that uh, goes, but we got to. Yeah, that's the yeah. difference, though, is we're inside doing it in the morning mm -hmm. and yeah. not dealing with all that. Because I mean, you talk to the guys up at Tech, and they're in their multi, which is just it's the glorified mm -hmm. gym, like going through spring ball, and like that's tough, man. I mean, that's not for everyone. Those guys tough it out. Yeah, no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna take a lot of willpower to uh, get through those practices, but. Uh, some of them are actually later in the day, which is nice, like three or four o'clock. There's a okay. couple of those, but um, yeah. And uh, which another thing that's nice is to look at the calendar. I think we only have one weekend practice, which is nice. Which is and it's on a Sunday, so that's a little go. bit uh, different. Well, I've never had a practice on a Sunday before, but uh, I'm looking forward to that one because it's uh, during the afternoon. So hopefully it'll be a little warmer. <laughs> yeah, and we had talked actually to obviously very different situations, but had Pee Wee on from West Florida uh, this past episode and his situation. He was an All-American coming out of JUCO, coming into West Florida, coming to take a job. And while, you know, you're not coming out of a JUCO and your situation's much different as far as transferring, but you have the same goal, right? You're coming in to take a job. So I just talk about that dynamic of, like, getting to know these guys, but also knowing, like, I am going to do everything in my power to beat you out and make sure that I'm the one out there when it comes to the fall. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm very competitive in my nature, but I also know that uh, the team always comes first, you know, of course. But um, <clears throat> I have to come in and earn it, obviously. There's nothing that's going to be given to me just because I came from Division Two. It's a common misconception where people are like, oh, like, he's coming in from a higher level, he's going to come in and play. No, like, obviously, that is my goal. I want to be a starter. I want to have a really good season. I want to score touchdowns. Like, obviously, like, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it's going to take a lot of hard work, and there's a, a lot of really, really talented guys in this receiver room, and – um. Yeah, I've, I've loved getting to know these guys, too. They're great dudes. Great dudes. I mean, I've the camaraderie of it all is just really what I've been uh, noticing a lot about this program is, like, you know, like, I talked earlier about how there's, like, a lack of egos, and it's just a really good thing. And um, I'm going to hold myself accountable to not ever get egotistic or anything like yeah. that. But um, while while doing that, also knowing my goal is to play and to play a lot. So And you're not the uh, only guy that's – you could say bounce back or whatever from a division two or even a division one school, right? Especially when that Wisconsin league where you have that D three presence and then there's Madison, right? In the big 10, there's no in between. So you have all these guys in the WIAC that are, you know, potentially if they just want to stay home, have the talent to play at some other schools. And 
are sticking around and are at these leagues at, at these schools. So talk about that league. We've talked about it a good bit with being in the Midwest and being semi familiar, even playing um, Oshkosh the last couple of years at, at Northern and seeing the skill level. Um, talk about that, man. And arguably, I think being one of the best, if not the best D three conference in the country. Yeah. You know where I stand on that point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the WIAC, the WIAC is the best division three conference. It's been like voted on by coaches and mm-hmm. all that. There's been tons of like surveys regarding who's the best D three conference. And it is the WIAC, you know, you look at past national championships, like whitewater won like eight out of 11. I mean, I'd have to look at that stat for sure, but I know they completely dominated a, a, an entire decade, an entire decade. So yeah. you know, there's a ton of really, really, really good programs that could certainly be playing Division Two, maybe even Division One. But okay. yeah, the hey. is very, very competitive. Hey, there's a lot of really good teams in Division Three, you know, like North I Central. They're they can compete with a lot of teams. Yeah. A lot of teams. we'll talk about a dude from from North Central in a little bit. That might be what. Uh, I have you do for next time you come on is kind of take some of those, compile some of those uh, rankings and voting and things like that. Of we get, we kind of maybe answer the question of who is the best D three conference in the country. Maybe we'll look at um, a the voting that type of things. But as far as championships, playoff teams, overall win percentage, things like that, some stats we could pull and and kind of create a compelling argument. I think could be a cool direction to to go with. That'd be fun. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I'm on board with that for sure. I love that. So. Um, before we get to talking about uh, our guy from North Central, you had wanted to touch on that the D3 guys playing in the pros, right? I know that's oh, yeah. something you, you had wanted to touch on, but uh, wherever yeah, you wanted I'll, to go with that, I'll man. I'll my list of guys here. So um, yeah. currently there are seven active NFL players that play Division three football. So okay. I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, like you play Division three, you can't go to the NFL, and that's – it's not the case. Um, so you have guys like Darius Williams. It's pretty a pretty well-known name. I, I feel like he uh defensive back, played for the Rams. He uh he was at uh, Marietta, and then he ended up transferring to UAB and then, okay. like, doing really well there. His career at Marietta was short-lived because, obviously, he's just a stud. You know, played, yeah, played three for a year, you know, went D1. Um, Dan Arnold went to Wisconsin Platteville, played tight end. That's a pretty familiar name, I feel like. He uh, played the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Ben Barch, that was the guy, you remember at, uh, I believe it was a, like the combine, like a couple years ago, he was like putting Gatorade and bananas and like ground beef and like peanut butter into one, <laughs> in the you know what I'm talking about? In the blender? Yep. Is that what yeah, 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 that's Ben Barch. That yep. was good. Yep. And then, uh, Nick Morrow played for the Chicago Bears last year, okay. uh, played Division three football. He signed a $3 million contract last year. Hey. So, uh, yeah, What's you he can, again, uh, linebacker for the Bears. Uh, I don't know. If he's still on the Bears, but I know he's on the in, actively in the NFL. There you go. He is. And then you got Jake Humero, uh from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, played with a ton of different teams. Played with the Packers, the Bills. Um, <clears throat> then you got Ali Marpet, the uh, a guard from Tampa, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that name. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he went to Hobart, Hobart College. And then Quinn Miners, the uh, offensive guard. I believe it was a guard for the uh, Denver Broncos. I know, it's, it's definitely interior, right? I don't know. I'm yeah. pretty sure they had him at guard. Yeah, but that yeah. was the guy yeah, that yeah. – um, yep. He made all the noise at the Reese's Senior Bowl, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he had a really good performance at that uh, Senior Bowl, and then he obviously, you know, on the Broncos. So And was awesome. was like – made headlines, obviously, because he was playing very well. And I think I remember, like, specifically, like, he's going up against all these Power 5 guys, and people were just stunned, but also had the crop top and was rocking the yep. crop top. If you remember yeah. that? Which, that's, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, sue me, but that's the only reason that I, like, really remembered that name is because of how funny that was and because he was just balling out. And that's, like, 
What's really fun about bowls like that is you have sometimes these late additions of guys who are from smaller schools. We saw that with um, some D2 guys this year that got late invites to the Senior Bowl and to a couple other bowls. So um, I think they just they kind of get put on the map late, and they're kind of like, you know, give them a shot, right? Because that's exactly what that can do for their draft stock. So yeah, pretty sweet stuff no, for sure. Um, but yeah. to kind of go on to a little bit of a, a profile here, Ethan Greenfield. We actually we mentioned. We threw that name around when we had Thornton on the podcast um, just a little, a little over a month ago, I want to say. It was a little while ago. But we talked to him after winning his second national championship at North Central. But talk about the guy in the backfield for them, man. He has had a career for them. Yeah, he had uh, quite the season last year with, uh, well, well, we'll call it 2,000. But he had uh, 1,997 rushing yards. And, we can say uh, 26... 2,000 I don't think is a stretch. I think that's reasonable, yeah. Yeah, okay. we'll say 2K. Three we'll 2K short. There, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 26 rushing touchdowns, won the Gagliardi Trophy. Uh, he's Big also time. a three-time All-American, and I have a funny feeling he will definitely get an opportunity to play professionally, whether it's the NFL, the yeah. CFL, the XFL. This kid's going to get a shot. He's a baller. Never met the kid personally, but I saw his highlight tape, and he runs like Marshawn Lynch. He just – he doesn't look like <laughs> – he doesn't look like the fastest dude, and, like, I'm not – I'm not crazy fast either. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm, you know what I mean? But this kid, he just bulldozes people. And I really like the way he kind of reminds me of the way you run, actually, just running through people. You know I'll what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely sure. take that. Because that's what I was going to ask, too, is like, as far as going on to the next level for these guys, the NFL is a big jump. And it's it's certainly, like you said, you have seven active, so it's not impossible, but it's extremely difficult, obviously, from any level, but especially from Division Three. So now that you have the CFL, the XFL, the USFL, and even, like, you could even go beyond that and go to Arena League football or playing yeah, overseas. Or overseas there are, or something. Exactly. Yeah. There are so many opportunities. I think when you people say play professionally, I use the air quotes there, that their mind just gets set on the shield, right, the NFL and, yeah. and what that represents. And obviously that's, like, the pinnacle. That's the summit. That's where you want to end up. That's Anyone who wants to play professionally, that's where they want to end up. But of course. Of course. everyone's path yeah. is, is very different to getting there. So I'm with you, I think – Guys in his situation, guys who are proven football players, no matter what level, when you have those type of stats and consistent production, the ability to to be on the field constantly and make those plays, um, I would be shocked if he didn't get an opportunity. Like I said, if it's an invite to a mini camp, if it's you know going out to a USFL team, you know later on this spring or whatever it may be for him, it'd be pretty sweet stuff. That we might have to hit him up. We might have to get him on the, on oh, the show yeah. here soon. For sure, for sure. I mean, I'm open to have any any football players on here, especially a kid like that, just yeah. has a shot to play professionally. You know what I mean? That's, that's big. That'd be big for the show. hundred percent, dude. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for that dude. And, and shout out to Ethan. Definitely been, been following from afar as far as their journey and their winning really. I'm um, this whole playoff yeah. run for them. And, um, I remember talking, bringing up that, that crazy stat about them in Mount union. If you remember that one, um, it was like Mount union is basically, undefeated against in the last however many games against teams mm-hmm. that are not named North Central. And it's like, that like, just goes yeah, to show I, you, man, yeah. crazy. I remember hearing that. I was driving up here actually to school back in January, uh, listening to the pod, and I remember hearing that stat. I was like, holy yeah. cow. That's, yeah. That just goes to show you how great of a program Mount Union is too. Oh, you know, 100%. They, they both are in their own right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Purple Raiders, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Talk about like consistent, consistent playoff runs, but yeah. Just, otherwise, man, today was just kind of like introductory, kind of laying the groundwork. We'll be in touch on, on like I said, we'll we can go like that's what's fun about it. We can go like any different direction, bring up new stuff every week. Um, I think it'll be great. And obviously, if if somebody's like somebody's listening at 
a D3 school or just like any listeners, like you have ideas for us on what you want us to cover, we're all ears, man, right? So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be beneficial for, for all parties. And I'm just, I'm just excited, dude. So I, and I appreciate you too. I got, I got to oh. add that as well. Cause I appreciate you. I, I appreciate you, Kobe. I appreciate you. It's a privilege to be back on here. I, I, oh, I'm man, dude. You can yeah. see it on my face. You know, I just, I just love doing this, you know? So. I know it. You and me both, man. You and me both. But yeah. that's yeah. all I got for you, Jim. I told you it's going to be pretty short and sweet tonight, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited, dude. We're going to, we're going to get this thing rolling. All right. Glad to have you be a part. Alrighty, let's do it. Yeah. All right, fella. I'll see you. All, all right. right. Hey, Roll dives. Roll dives, baby. <laughs> Have a good one, bub. So, All right. Take care. Appreciate Jimmy. Uh, we talked about a ton of the stuff he's going to be involved with as far as the podcast is moving forward. And, Cade, you weren't here for that. But we said that potentially next week might be a um, a compilation of lists and voting and other, like, looking at statistics to determine the actual best Division three conference in the country. He's obviously biased being at Stout, the WIAC, and I think that's probably the consensus pick. With all those Wisconsin schools, I and mean, we've seen it firsthand playing uh, Oshkosh the last few years, where it uh, looks like we're going to be playing lacrosse this year. So we've gotten mm-hmm. a, a kind of a firsthand look at those teams. But looking at Ferris State, the big news out of Michigan, out of D2, out of college football, Ferris State head coach Tony Anise is suspended for a future playoff game after cigar celebration. That is the bizarre headline from Bleacher Report. We saw it first reported on footballscoop.com. Shout out to them. We tweeted it out on our D1 Rejects Twitter. Follow us there if you don't already. But the basic story goes after, I guess I'll give you a little bit of context. Ferris State is the back-to-back Division II defending national champions. Both of those games are played at McKinney ISD Stadium down in Texas, which I believe is a high school Stadium, like a joint Texas, high school stadium. Yeah. Yes. So Texas high schools play there. Therefore, I say that because it is a tobacco-free zone. And that becomes important here. After their first of these two national championship wins, the, I believe a few of the players brought out cigars, which if you've seen anything of Joe Burrow or even Stetson Bennett had one from this last year, pretty common after winning a championship, you're going to you know roll out the cigars, right? Now, that is a no-go at this place because it is a no-tobacco zone. So that was... Not good for them back then. They were warned. I believe they were fined. But they were basically told, don't do it again. They kind of let it slide. The NCAA did. This last year, they go back. They win it again in dominant fashion again. Two of the players on Ferris State get the cigars back out, obviously not heeding the warnings of the year before. In addition to that, supposedly there were Ferris State-branded like posters and banners that you have hung up for the championship that the players had torn down to keep for themselves as like memorabilia or uh, to remember the game. So that is where they went wrong. And now head coach Tony Anise is paying for it. And so according to Josh Van Dyke of NLive.com, the NCAA announced that Anise will be suspended for one future playoff game following a, quote, rules violation. And that comes after the 41-14 win over Colorado School of Mines. Like I said, all about McKinney ISD Stadium. That is really what it was. And... Supposedly, I guess they just ignored these actions. Ferris State also received a fine after the uh, a couple of the players on the team attempted to remove the team's temporary wall stickers in their locker room after the title game to keep as souvenirs. The university has already applied for an appeal to Anissa's suspension. I don't believe they appealed the fine, but they tried to appeal Anissa's suspension, but that was immediately denied by the NCAA. And just wow. initial reaction, I guess before we go to our reactions... I will first say, like, I am no, like, Tony Anise, like, big fan or anything like that, but um, I don't have, like, any crazy opinions on the guy, I don't think. But what I will say is him and his staff 
immediately after these events happened at the championship game, addressed them immediately at the press conference following, and held the guys accountable within their teams. So they were trying to keep this in-house. They took care of they, what they thought was taking care of business, and they thought it was kind of over with. So it kind of just snuck up on them. Reactions to the NCAA ruling, uh, Twitter was aflame already, and it's yeah. been picked up by just about everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I guess I really didn't know the whole warning thing the year before. But, like, it's, at the end of the day, like, it's a cigar. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand, like, everyone does it. Literally every championship team you see on social media does it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, That's it's right, the, yeah. it's so a statement. The like, viral video of Joe Burrow is the one that everyone thinks of. But even, yeah. like, Stetson Bennett had a ton of photos taken yeah. with him after the championship game for Georgia. But, I mean, like, if they got warned, like, you know, it's not the NFL. And we're not yep. playing in the SEC. Yeah. So, like, I guess that's, like, you got to listen. You know what I mean? Like, it was two guys out of how many? Yeah. In a statement Thursday, Anise went on to say this, quote, I understand the concerns raised by the NCAA. Immediately after the game, while I was in a post-game press conference, the two issues cited by the NCAA were addressed by my coaching staff. He said, as a coaching staff, each day leading up to the national championship game, we had reminded our players that smoking cigars in celebration would not be allowed. My team was fully aware of the actions of these two players, that they were inappropriate, basically. Everyone knew this was not allowed. Um, he went on to say that, uh, just gave like the basic coach speak of we're going to address these concerns and continue to have a strong blah, 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 mindset, blah, 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 blah. Um, and this was a statement from the Mountain East Conference Commissioner, Reed Amos. He says, quote, the inappropriate conduct associated with this action will not be tolerated at any NCAA Division II championship. That's crazy. So, it is is pretty yeah, they, crazy. I mean, they, 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 like I said, like they warned him. So like he did, and so the, I have the fine numbers here as well. This is on ESPN's article. Fair State was fined twenty five hundred dollars by the NCAA. Twenty five hundred bucks. Wow, they're gonna go bankrupt. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but they were charged fifteen thousand three hundred eighty three dollars by McKinney ISD for cleaning and repairs to the locker room Damn. after the victory over Colorado School Mines. Fifteen thousand. I read the twenty five hundred. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. You want a national championship? I'd pay twenty five hundred. Right. Yeah. Fifteen grand. On the other hand, so seventeen seventeen thousand. Yeah. Altogether, almost eighteen thousand. You add it all up. Fifteen thousand dollars to clean up a locker room. What the hell was going? There's a lot more than cigars going on in that locker room. Yeah, I don't. That's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. That's actually wild. That is crazy. I did not know that. That's no, crazy. that second number, the fact that that has been uh, brought to light here as I read more and more and try and get a better sense of understanding of this situation, that's that's terrifying. I mean, as a you know a, a member of a team, like, could you imagine if, if that ruling had been passed down to us? What's the over-under on how many gassers they are going to run after this ruling or just like business as usual? I guess, I mean, it's, it's the... I was going to say it's the actions there of is, two guys. Yeah, I was going to oh, say it's they, the action of two guys, but... The locker room situation adds a whole nother realm to it, I think. I mean, then you're holding everyone. I guess I really don't I know. I don't really know how, you know, how they operate. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know. I couldn't put even put a number on it. It'd either be too high or way too low. <laughs> too high or too low? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, but I suppose we can move on. Uh, our one kind of NFL type piece of news today is going to revolve around this video. And I will get the audio up here. For those of you watching on YouTube, I will pull up the video. But this is all about C.J. Stroud at his pro day. And we are going to take a listen to current Panthers quarterback coach Josh McCown and what he says to 
the now former Ohio State quarterback at his pro day. Done it well, bro. That was great. That was We'll find a court for you when you're in Charlotte. Those are the words right there from McCown. Josh McCown, dude. Yeah. So that was the that was the soundbite that had the NFL world going uh, pretty crazy, and the fact that like. In that video, like, you can see, and here's the full tweet here. Shout out to BR Gridiron. But you can see how close the cameraman is in this tweet, right? Like, this isn't some, like, secret camera yeah. across the field and, like, CJ's mic'd up or something. Like, the camera is right there. Dude obviously does not care that he's saying this or is just completely has no spatial awareness. Is that Jim Caldwell there, too? Jim Caldwell? In the back? Yeah. It. Hold on. Let me put it back to full screen here. It definitely is. It looks like him, doesn't it? Is he part of the Panthers staff? I think he is. I believe he is. Right there, dapping him up? Yeah, that's definitely Jim Caldwell. You think so? Let's get a better look at him, but I don't know. You think so? Right there, here he is. I don't know if that's Jim. I don't think that He's is. He's a senior assistant for the Carolina Panthers. That might be him, then. Look well, at this is definitely him. What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> his twin brother, I think. It might be his doppelganger working, who also works in Carolina. But, holy shit, that probably is him, then. Uh, but kind of to, to follow up on that, I mean, that would make it seem pretty obvious that that's their first overall pick. And so now the question is, was that the guy they were going after all along? Because you had these narratives after they had traded for that, for that first overall pick from the Bears that potentially they were going to trade the pick away. I, to me, as an NFL franchise, you don't go in to get the first pick just to trade it away. There's no yeah, point in doing that. They had to all, have someone all, they were going after. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, 100%. You're only... And we have to remember, we're only hearing what people want us to hear. And I think that's very important. Now, the supporting cast in Carolina has changed very much. These guys are some of the new faces that are going to be around the Panthers. And people have been kind of torn on whether or not this is actually like a star-studded skill position it's room offensively. No. And that's, I think, where it's kind of been portrayed at, so the, like, at, at one time. At the end, of his, end of his peak career. I think Miles Sanders is probably in that same boat. Yeah, Would Miles Sanders rushed for like 1,400 yards last year. Hayden Hurst has definitely had some quality football in his days, but it, those sure have Miles, been I'm pretty kinda... sure Miles Sanders rushed for like 1,500 yards last year. Did he? I mean, again, these guys are all very proven guys at their positions, right? Yeah, Hayden Hurst, uh, even him as well, but he's bounced around and had uh, okay, interesting he had, years. He had 13, 1269. That's a good year, though. And 11 touchdowns. That's a very good year. So it'll be interesting to see... Uh, what they do in Carolina, do they still have, uh, is it, was it Chuba Hubbard? They do. They do. So maybe just adding depth to that running back room, an older guy to help out with a younger younger Hubbard? Because I think, didn't Deontay Foreman go to the Bears? I believe so. So, interesting there. I just wanted yeah. to to touch on that because that is I mean, it's not like he's going to go into like Jefferson, Chase. Like it's, he's no. not going into no super team. No, but he's definitely going to have help. I think it's just important. And I think what's also worth noting, too, like you look at this list of guys that, like, these are veterans. Like, mm -hmm. these are guys who are going to help out a younger quarterback if he is going to come in there and just start. You For know sure. what I mean? I mean, I think, he, I think he definitely does. He's got a chance to. Whoever it is. the job. Yeah. Except Richardson. I don't think it. There's no, no way to take him so. one. But that brings up the question then, looking at the draft order ahead of this year's draft. And there you will see right at the top of the list, 
Carolina, number one. And now, begging the question, CJ, first overall is what we're thinking. Was that their guy all along that they wanted? Has to be really at the forefront of the thoughts. Now, what other quarterbacks will go in the first round? There have been mock drafts where Bryce Young, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson all go within the first six picks of the draft. I cannot see that happening personally. There's no way. There's no way. You look at... That'd be the craziest draft ever. Carolina definitely needs a quarterback, right? And that's been made pretty obvious. The Colts definitely need a quarterback, I would say, correct? They're definitely in the running for one of those guys. Houston. You think Houston as well? I would say so. I would say so as well. But I just just thought of the... I don't know why, but I thought of the Colts right away. Yeah. Colts, Carolina are definitely like... And Houston too. Like, you're not going to start Davis Mills next year. No, probably not. So yeah, you look at that. You look at that image. Carolina at one, Houston at two, Indianapolis at four, Arizona is at three. For those of you who do not know, and we know though they're not picking a quarterback. Then you come in with Seattle, could be an interesting situation there with an older Geno, but they did just sign him to a, an extra or uh, elongated contract. Detroit is where people are definitely getting hung up. That something could happen, That's, and especially when you look at when they the, the different areas that they've addressed, that defensive side of the ball, especially at DB is where people thought they were going to go, or maybe even defensive line, they've right. shored up some of those areas. I still don't think they go with the quarterback, especially at six. I mean, they, they just cleared up a shit ton of space, too. They got 27 mil now. Which makes you think they I may think be gonna saving get, uh, up for something, a big move. The Simmons dude from Tennessee or Ed Oliver from Buffalo. Really? That'd be pretty sick. One of the two. Oliver's Ed a Oliver posted yeah. a bunch of shit on Instagram. Was like really a bunch of a bunch of cryptic. Like I did not see any here of that. And like yeah, and he's like not he's a free done. Agent. Yeah, like he's, he's not out, a free agent though. But he's posting that. Yes, that I did not know. But I mean, yeah, like I said, looking at this, I don't see Anthony Richardson had an absolutely fantastic combine, and he's a hell of a player. But the the combine, I think, is really the reason that he's being yeah. thought of in this high regard because he is freakishly athletic. I just don't know if a team is going to take him that highly. Atlanta at number eight could be another team that's looking for a quarterback. Would we agree on that one? I mean, yeah, unless you want to be Ritter. Eight and nine every year with Taylor Heineke. Like, that's right. They did sign Heineke. I forgot about that. So they have seven Heineke and, ten and, and have Desmond cool Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seven and ten and have seven different pairs of Jordans after right. Heineke beats yeah. seven teams. <laughs> um, but Probably the same yeah, teams he already beat, so he just... Where he keeps the same shoes. You think so? You think he doesn't get a new pair after he beats them again? He might. He's got the money. He signed a decent contract. Can, yeah, he, he definitely might. He, he's, he's getting paid well now. We can move on, though. Let's go to Florida State versus Georgia Tech to open the 2024 season in Ireland. So not this fall, but next fall. This is the first ever game outside of the United States for the Seminoles in their storied program history. They've won national championships, but they have not played outside of the U.S., which is kind of a cool concept. The teams are going to meet in Dublin. The date is still to be determined, but it is at Aviva Stadium. Kate, okay, you ever heard of that one? I've never have, no. Well, now not only have you heard of it, holy shit. Let's take a look at Aviva. Oh my goodness. That looks sick, dude. That is beautiful. Oh, that's sweet. I don't know if we have and we have awesome stadiums here in the US, but the style of this, and again, when I say uh, air quotes, your football stadium. Like this is a football stadium, right? I don't know if we have anything that matches this type of style. Soccer. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, uh, that's the air quotes. It's an English show. Thank you for yeah. Soccer. <laughs> they would actually argue that they're English. Okay, well, this is the United States. <laughs> but I don't think we have anything in terms of style that matches this, right? Can you even think of anything that remotely resembles it? Like SoFi, maybe. That was actually my first thought, too, was SoFi. Maybe. But even then, 
I don't see that. I don't now, know. This is sick, though. It's like really modern. The conference matchup was originally slated to be a Georgia Tech home game, but will likely move to week zero in order to, I think, account for a lot of the travel and other things that come with playing internationally. We've seen the NFL uh, try their hand at this quite a few times. And don't worry, that wasn't the only picture that I have ready for us. Oh my this God. is the interior of Aviva. Dude, and that is sweet. Even more stunning than the outside. You can see they've got the... What are, I guess are the Hopefully it's good field weather. goal posts. <laughs> um, now, they have them positioned there for rugby or what? Is that why? Because that's how rugby are usually uh, positioned, I believe. for sure. Yeah, which is pretty sick. But my gosh, just the wide open stadium. Now, look at the seating arrangements and things. As big as that stadium looks, I don't believe there are actually that many seats. You take a look inside there? Yeah, you're definitely not fitting no FSU or Georgia Tech. Student section in there. Well, no, but I mean, how many of them are going to Ireland and Dublin yeah, uh, when it's, I mean, school's dude, going to be in session? Not that they probably care. They can drink and watch football. <laughs> like There'll definitely be some people there. They'll be in Dublin. They'll be cracking open Guinness exactly, or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, people are probably thinking that like, as soon as I hear that. Bro, we're going to Dublin. We're going to get hammered and go watch a game. <laughs> I'm excited for that, though. I think, I think this is just cool. One for the game and, and cool for college football, but pretty... Pretty sweet stuff. Now, um, this is from Florida State coach Mike Norvell. He says, quote, I'm so excited for our student-athletes, coaches, staff, administration, and fans for this opportunity. When this idea was first presented to me, I was immediately intrigued by a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the people in our program. And pretty cool. he says, the way the 2024 season lays out with a third open date, the trip made sense from a football perspective as well. Very few people have the chance to travel to a, diff a different continent and experience another culture, much less take an entire team. So I'm appreciative of everyone's hard work and support to make this That's happen. Dope. That's dope. That's pretty cool stuff, dude. Now, Georgia Tech beat Boston College 17-14 in their first ever game in Dublin in 2016. So none of the players from that Georgia Tech team are, you know, Still, are going to right. this one. But... Uh, worth noting, they actually have been there, which is pretty cool. Uh, pretty we neat. talked about Stanford and California playing the game in Australia, actually, on one of our previous yeah. episodes. We, Like I said, we've seen the NFL do this, and now we're seeing college football do this as the, I'm going to butcher this, the AER Lingus, the Air Lingus College Football Classic enters its second season in 2023 as Notre Dame travels to Dublin to play Navy on August 26th of this fall. Mm. Pretty cool stuff, man. Northwestern beat Nebraska 31-28. That was last year. Last, this last year, that was in Dublin. That, that the game, That's the game Nebraska kicked that onside kick and Northwestern got. Yes, yeah, so 14 unanswered points there to yeah. win that game. So that, that game was, was dumb. great. So. That, that, that's literally why Scott Frost got fired. <laughs> Honestly, that wouldn't be too much of a, of a reach to, to say that. But that stadium is sick, and I'm, I'm excited to, to probably watch that game. Now, rounding out the podcast, told you it would be a short one, Cade. Uh, the concerning Tired. state of the Pac-12. Robert Robbins, president of the University of the Arizona, says a new TV rights deal will be completed for the conference in, quote, a couple of weeks. And so I'm going to pull up the article here, and we'll start talking a little bit about the Pac-12. He went on to talk at this presser about the state of the Pac-12, of the Power 5 conference, keeping it together, TV deal expectations, deadlines, uh, interest from the Big 12. The, the Big 12 is trying to pull teams, right? They're trying to build up because right now, I, mean, I think it's safe to say, SEC, Big 10, SEC probably, you know, here, Big 10 here, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But then you have Big 12 trying to make their mark, Pac-12 kind of on the outside looking in and blanking. 
ACC. ACC, yeah. ACC is, again, kind of doing their own thing. They usually have a couple squads that are really solid. Yeah. When Clemson is out, the ACC is kind of out. Yeah, or like right? when Louisville's good. Yep, Louisville had their year. Like an NC State had, plays some good mm-hmm. football at, at certain times. But, again, SEC, and then you got a Big Ten kind of trying to yeah. be right there. It's right? all kind of like dink. Dang, dang. Like it's all like, levels. like stackers. There's yeah, levels yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, and the Big 12 is trying to maybe take a one-up on that level. And that was something that Robbins addressed. And this is the direct quote from him when he was talking about, he basically said Arizona and Arizona State are, quote, a package deal, that they would leave their conference only if the other was actually leaving to join another conference. And he said this, quote, if somebody were to bolt right now, leave the conference, depending on who it is, it would clearly be destabilizing, which is why the Big 12 is doing it. That's what he said. Hmm. And he he keeps to continuing to allude to this idea that it could be a domino effect for the Pac-12, that if someone were to leave the conference, it could lead for more teams to continue to continue to do so, whereas there might be no Pac-12 left if this actually comes to fruition. Now, he says, if they can get me to stay, I'm going. Or if he, sorry, if they can get me to say, I'm going, I've had enough of this, I love these guys in the Big 12, they're an extension of West Mississippi, they speak my language, then I would think it w- it would get interesting quickly. If Colorado and us went together, then you've got problems, is what he said. The fact that he's even publicly like alluding to this is kind of yeah, crazy. He's like, what the? Like, you're not saying that. Yeah. What the hell? I, this is very like. That's very he's like, upfront. He's like too open. Very much so. Like that's very transparent. And I think this is all very important because the fact that the Pac-12 does not have a actual TV rights deal in place. Well, they do, but they're negotiating their extension. I should say. Who's you know what with? I mean? Uh, that is a good question. I will have to figure that out. Um, but the fact that they're negotiating this next deal is really a big deal because that doesn't guarantee any long-term security for any of the teams in the league. Because like I said, this is where these teams are really have the largest sources of their income for the schools. And that's, that can heavily influence obviously who the schools play for against what conference they align with. And Another quote that he said, Kate, here is that he said openly that Fox had a large hand in luring USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. Say it again, sorry. Fox, this is according to Robbins, the Arizona president, said that Fox had a large hand, quote, in luring USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. Hmm. I wonder how those negotiations negotiations go down. Like, it's got to be some, like, I'm going to take you out to dinner and sweet talk them, you know, like... Yeah. It's got to be – I just like to be like a fly on the wall in one of those and see how it went down. That would be pretty cool, actually. Um, now, he did go on to say that he believes a new TV rights deal acceptable to everyone in the Pac-12 will be completed in a couple weeks. So, assuming that deal does actually get done, assuming that happens, I think it would bring a lot more security to the league and you're not going to see these teams jumping ship. Uh, he said the chances of this happening are, quote, very high. Let's just say more than 95% confidence limits on this. So, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. He says a number doesn't mean anything until it's a written contract. In Mississippi, they would say they're about fixing to give me something. What the hell? This guy, dude. This article goes on. For, I'm just trying to pick like the the most important pieces here, um, but it's it's crazy, man. This. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh my gosh. He says the Big Twelve is in quote recruit mode right now. That's what he said. Yes. I, I really don't know what this guy was on. Um, you know what I mean? Like, is he trying to out-leverage this conference right now? Because he says right here, we could drive to Lubbock, talking about Texas Tech, a Big 12 program. Texas schools are a, are good for us. 
Oklahoma yeah. State. It's just not that far. It's a two-hour flight. He keeps saying all this. Yeah, so going. I don't know if he's trying to use this. I, part of me thinks this could just be a bluff on the conference to give them more money, get this deal done, right? Because they don't want to lose them. If the Pac-12 loses them, he's in, that's what he's. I think that's what he's doing because he brought up Colorado. He brought up Arizona State. He says if, if we leave, Arizona State's leaving. He's just trying to create more leverage, I think, for himself and for his school, and yeah. then brings up Colorado just because of Dion and their their right. media I mean, brand. They're going to be brought. like ridiculous. They should actually be a good team, right, yeah. with all the pieces that they. Well, have. I mean that, and the fact that they're going to bring, you know, everything with Dion that comes with them. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm one of the Very I'm one of four point six percent brackets remaining. The second chance brackets. Oh, like from the Sweet Sixteen, on? Kansas State and UConn. Really? Yeah. I'm ranked one in the world right now. Oh, man. Interesting stuff, though. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't. It's just weird to be out so like public about it. I, it really is. And like I said, the only reason I can see him doing this is that he's trying to leverage the Pac-12 yeah. and get them to bend to their needs and yeah. get them to pay up. I mean, that's what they're trying to get them I mean, on I the checkbook. I guess if it works, so. it's not that dumb, but I just don't think it's going to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's the way to go. The final piece I'll add here is the thought of an expansion. And so San Diego State, SMU, Southern Methodist were two teams that have been rumored in the past to join the Pac-12 and could be a decent fit geographically and and competition-wise, two teams that have had a decent amount of success. Um, But he said to that, he said, we've got to have a deal before we think about the expansion, is what he said. Mm. What I would predict, I see the strategy, this is his quote again, I see the strategy by the Big 12. You can get the four corners to go to the Big 12 and things blow up. The Big Ten would be foolish to not scavenge the Oregons and Washingtons that got left behind. He's talking about the conference just imploding. Something's in the works then, bro. Something's got to be, like, crazy going on. I really don't know. They wouldn't just be out here, like, all doing that. No, 100%. I would love to. I, I'm going to have to definitely see some, like, additional coverage on this. Because it's just very interesting that, like, he has to obviously have his reasons for coming out and saying all this shit. So... Yeah, I mean that was that's what I'm saying. Like it's crazy. Something's got to be going on. They won't just be coming out and saying that. Like, no, I don't think no so way. either. But a short but sweet D1 episode, D1R episode. I yep. think it's still going to be like 45, 50 minutes. So we still actually filled a lot of time. Short. Yeah, it's yeah be long. but that's our technically our short episode because usually we're like we hover right around an hour. It's almost scary how close we are every time. Yeah, but sweet. Sweet episode. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, be tuned for hopefully some some really cool coaching guests next week from around the D2 world. Sure. Uh, so from some conferences that we have not covered really in much entirety. So stay tuned for that. But appreciate you tuning in. D1R out.